everybody. Welcome to Bamcast Extra, episode 56. Yeah. Yeah. Numbered. Yeah. Getting up there. This uh, this time on Bamcast Extra, we are covering 1972's Fuzz. But before we get to it, I'm Chuck. And I'm Harlow. And now let's talk about Fuzz. Okay. <laughs> let's. Fuzz. Fuzz, the Burt Reynolds movie. Although that I'd never heard of before we did this. Yeah. Uh, although he is, I mean, this is an ensemble picture, so I would not call it a Burt Reynolds movie because there are long stretches of this movie where there are no Burt Reynolds at all. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, he's not really important to the grand scheme of things. I'm not sure anyone. None of movie. them are yeah, really. Yeah. But also, Yul Brenner, Raquel Welch, Tom Skerritt, just and then like fucking hell, every shot will just cut away to two people talking. And you're like, oh, hey, and then, oh, that guy. What the? I mean, like, this movie is filled with those people. Mm-hmm. The whole thing. Uh, it is based on a series of novels by Ed McBain. McBain. I'm sure your dad owns some McBain books because, yeah. oh, holy shit, do I recognize that name? <laughs> uh, his stuff has been made into a bazillion things. Mm. Uh, he also wrote the script. Okay. So, this is, uh, maybe you can guess by the title, uh, a cop movie. Oh. Fuzz. Huh. Here comes the fuzz. I gotcha. I I wasn't with it until now, but I I get it. Yeah. They mention it once in the movie, like, someone says fuzz. Yeah. It's because their thinking is fuzzy. (laughs) (laughs) That's why we call them the fuzz. Why do we call them the fuzz? I don't... Because their thinking is fuzzy. Were their uniforms used to be fuzzy or something? Probably. Okay. I don't know. I have no idea. Like the movie more, doesn't much tell much you. more woolly uniforms, yes. perhaps maybe upon time. I don't sure. know. Uh, yeah, so this is uh, a movie that uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. it uh, it bills itself as an action comedy, and you look at the poster and go, "Well, that looks wacky." The movie both does and doesn't deliver on the wackiness that the poster promises. Like there are wacky bits, but there are also like super serious bits and also shocking moments of violence mm-hmm. and and it's pg and it's this is just a weird weird thing yeah yeah really strange that, that i it's strange and also ultimately i don't know if i've ever seen a more pointless movie exist yeah it it's basically i mean it's i don't necessarily want to say slice of life kind of thing but it does just kind of plop you down in the middle of there's a bunch of stuff happening and there are a million through lines going through and everyone's doing something. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, a lot of it kind of magically comes together somehow in really dumb ways. Yeah. I, I, I think the thing, my main takeaway from this is I feel like a lot of characters in the movie are in on some sort of joke or something that we, the audience, never are. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I think the easiest way to explain this is there are three major investigation things happening sort of simultaneous to this movie. Right. Um, in no particular order, there, Burt Reynolds starts off this movie investigating somebody that is lighting hobos on fire. Mm-hmm. Like, they're just going along and finding drunk hobos, dousing them with some sort of you know, flammable liquid liquid and setting them on fire. Right. So he begins the movie like undercover trying to suss out that, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, Raquel Welch is brought in as like a decoy woman, I guess. She's a detective. Like it's not 
clear when she's first brought on. It seems like they're no, just for the bra- first ten minutes. I was like, is she an actress? Yeah, like, like they're bringing her in, but like there's a rapist. Yeah, um, and she's brought in for that, like mm-hmm. as a decoy slash. I'm already like I said when she first comes on, it's like this is strange. Like you're sending her out, and then it was like, oh, she's a detective because they finally start referring to her as detective something. It's not just <laughs> right. like, hey, here's so and so. She's going to be the decoy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the main storyline is they're getting basically extortion calls um of like the first one is sort of like hey give me put five thousand dollars in a lunch pail in a park or i'm gonna kill the police commissioner Mm -hmm. and it's like i know it's 1972 but fucking hell throw five thousand dollars in a lunch pail and be done with it (laughs) yeah i I just (laughs) but anyway so like they're getting these calls and they're trying to track that so like that's the main through line of the movie is that that becomes uh, the most reality the rapist storyline almost for a large part of it seems like it's not even real um not not even real and also I, Raquel Welch, her character feels like she was not a part of this movie mm-hmm. when it began, and they realized, oh, we need some some female appeal in this because she, like, her thing does not come together with all the other plot lines at the end. It's kind of resolved on its own, right? Uh, and a lot of her scenes are almost by herself or with like one other cast member. Yeah, uh, yeah. There, there, there's one splintered thread that happens late in the movie, mm-hmm. um, so that there's kind of a fourth storyline. But it's also still related to the main one initially. Yeah. So. Yeah, because that by investigating the extortion plot, they become fixated on a on a target. Right. Who is not involved in the extortion thing whatsoever is involved in something else. Well, a different series of crimes. Sort of. Maybe. I don't know. OK, so let's let's resolve the Raquel Welch one, because okay. I mean, that one, like I said, that one resolves on its own and mm-hmm. it's strange. Now, the reason I say you think that maybe it's not even real because it some point she you know she's just hanging around the precinct you know looking sexy and making everyone go yeah you know like kind of like reaction including like other cops and criminals like there's there's one scene where like this kid is being interrogated for something like you know petty little crime that he is and like she walks by and like both the guy interviewing him and the kid are just like mm-hmm. and like i don't i forgot the question <laughs> you know, kind of thing um yep but the reason why i say like for a large part of this movie, you're you're thinking it's not even a real thing because they eventually bring in some lady who's one of the main people who's complained. You know, a, a citizen comes in yes. to see what's going on with the investigation. Yeah. And it's treated like, oh, yeah, it's her. Go talk to Raquel Welch. And, like, everyone goes off to the side and just starts snickering. Like, uh, like oh, this it's crazy lady. She's not even telling the truth. There's not even not even a rapist. We're just playing a prank on you yeah uh, that it's fuck it's it's weird when you find like by the end of the movie when you find out there actually is a rapist it's like what the fuck guys yeah i want just okay very little of this movie has anything to do with women it's mostly whenever there's right. raquel welch involved but there's this movie i mean it's early 70s mm-hmm. as fuck i mean it just is but then there's also like you look at it in some ways and you're like oh this is kind of forward thinking and kind of in terms of like race relations and stuff like that which there's a scene sure, later that's yeah. just fantastic in regards to that but there are like three moments in this movie that i was like staggered by how uncomfortable they were mm-hmm. one was so there are these two guys in the precinct who are painting the the precinct and they are yeah. always in the way and it's this this constant 
I was kind of impressed by the filmmaking of how these guys are just fucking the flow of everything up and how well choreographed a lot of the scenes are trying to get people in and out and around them and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's a scene over at uh, dispatch where they've got the equipment covered up and they're painting or whatever. And the dispatcher puts a lady on hold and says something like this lady says she's being molested. And then it just cuts to two painters just giggling. And that's the end of the scene. You're like, well, that that's what, 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 what's the joke there? I mean, the, the painters were so awkward that like, I was thinking ultimately like yeah. they weren't even city employees <laughs> right. that they were part of the crimes. Yes. I thought that too. Because like the whole time they're like, all the cops are like, who are you? And they're like, we're public works, you know, mm-hmm. safety and whatever yeah. division or something like that. And you kind of start to think that like, maybe they're involved because it seems like the, the extortion people are one step ahead of mm-hmm. the cops a lot of the time. And it's like, I thought that maybe the painter dudes were plants and they were yeah. feeding them information, but no, they're just supposed to be wacky comic relief. Well, they guys. are guilty of crimes because they do uh, get caught stealing typewriters. And shit. Sure. Yes. But okay. okay. So there was, there was that bit with the phone call that was awkward. Mm-hmm. And then like the lady comes in and confesses and she sure as hell doesn't seem like she's putting Raquel Welch on she seemed I mean even though her story is kind of ridiculous it sounds like she's describing Zorro as a rapist mm-hmm. it it just keeps cutting to Burt Reynolds and Tom Skerritt off in the corner just laughing hysterically and you're like that's okay I, maybe this woman's disturbed or something but it's not funny and Raquel Welch is taking this seriously so mm-hmm. and then there's a scene later where they're all in a stakeout where Tom Skerritt just basically practically rapes Raquel Welch in a sleeping bag while they're trying to stake out whatever it is they're doing it's like everything involving Raquel Welch her th- plot line in this is just kind of like just a well, hair they, away from being like, whoa, what? Well, I mean, the sleeping bag thing. I mean, they, they established like they started a relationship. I know. But, but I mean, it it's just, like it, this is the kind of movie where it's like nobody's nobody's storyline is super important. Yeah. So you don't know, like previous scene to them was like he kind of been hitting on her. And then all of a sudden, finally, like it was it wasn't Tom Skerritt and, 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 and Burt Reynolds. It was it was Tom. It was Burt Reynolds and somebody else snickering. OK, because Jack Weston. Yeah, because like guy. because he walks over and is like, yeah, they're assholes. You want to go out for a cup of right, coffee? That's right. Yeah. And yeah. that's basically what starts their relationship. Yeah. And and then you go to the sleeping bag scene. And right. It's like, all right, well, you know, maybe, yeah, because they, maybe they jumped ahead and they're, like, they're at that point. When Burt Reynolds is undercover doing his his search for the burning bum thing, mm-hmm. uh, he's set on fire. Yeah. And then goes to the hospital. And he's got burns all over him. And then like. In the next two scenes, he's like, he maybe has a Band-Aid on, and then after that, he's fine. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, like, time is progressing, but also, I can't tell how much. Right. Because <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's all Boston, it's all winter, it's all, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, just to, just to finish the Raquel Welch storyline, uh-huh. because, like I said, it resolves on its own. It, it does. doesn't come together like the other ones. Um, she eventually, it, it, it's weird. This this is probably the most, I mean, there's, there's plenty of things that could be off-putting about this movie, but I think... I think the one that got me the most was I, I, I'm side talking it a little bit because she she gets involved in one of the main plot lines mm-hmm. the, right after the sleeping bag incident, actually, um, where she's shown to be competent and chases down a, and, and ultimately catches the bad guy, whereas everyone else is failing at that. Yep. Um, but then it's like, OK, well, yeah, she's still in this movie and I guess we got to resolve this through line because then she's just walking home one night. And there actually is a rapist and he confronts her. And then it's all of a sudden like she doesn't know how to cop. Yeah. You know, it's just like, oh, I'm a victim now. Mm-hmm. And she she ultimately does get the guy. But she I mean, does. it's just like it's it's weird and it's uncomfortable. It's like well, you're a cop. You, you you were the one that just caught the guy. Whereas all the all the men failed. Yeah. You know, so it's like just 
from heroin to you know victim in a matter of moments is like the weirdest thing about her character in this movie. I I gotta think she was a last minute addition. It it just seems so strange, yeah. like how little she has to do with everything, and then suddenly is super important everything, right. and then it just she just kind of weaves in and out, like not interacting with her. It's, yeah. it's strange. But I mean, ultimately, like that's like she knees the rapist in the groin, gets a gun, you know, finally gets the gun on him, and it's like, okay, well, that's done, and then she, I don't think she's in the rest of the movie. No. It's like... She has nothing to do with the finale whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, okay, I did this, yeah. all right, and then you will never see me again in the right. rest of this movie. Yeah. So <laughs> that's her through line. Now, um, the bum fire thing, like, uh, like as you said, Burt Reynolds gets burned, and, and it has a moment, to, you know, he sees the two, There's a, they're just kids, like, mm-hmm. you know, that, that are doing this, and it's like, you're just kids, and then they light them on fire. And one of the kids is Charles Martin Smith, by the way. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and so, like, yeah, he goes to the hospital, and we see his wife, who who's deaf, mute. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, it kind of is related to part of the movie, but not really. I sure as hell thought, like, thinking how old this movie is, like, okay, that's how that's going to pay off, because the extortionist is pretty much revealed at some point to be deaf. deaf. Yeah. And I was like, okay, Burt Reynolds, because he knows sign language and reads lips and everything, he's going to catch the guy because right. of this well, fact. I don't, I don't think he reads lips. Well, she, she reads lips. Okay. <laughs> he, but, doesn't, he doesn't have any need to do that. <laughs> no, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I figured one of the two of them would have some, like, way to go, oh, that's the guy, but right. that has nothing to do with anything. It right. just, it leads to a very nice moment later on where he just is like, huh, I never re- never really realized that she's deaf mute. I mean, I know it, but I don't think about it. Right. Um, yeah, exactly. The where the, 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 the small smatterings of like the progressiveness of this movie, mm-hmm. <laughs> because like, you know, it is a sweet scene where, you know, she's visiting him and she's all super worried about it, but she can't say anything. Yeah. And he's just like she's signing and he's like, no, you know, and oh, and like told the kids you're in Miami. That's how I'm going to explain that you got a sunburn sunburn because <laughs> <laughs> I don't want the kids to worry that, you yeah. know, your, your job's dangerous anyway. But yeah. like, it's kind of a sweet scene. And it's mm-hmm. like, that's kind of interesting in the movie of this caliber, yeah. you know, um, so yeah, there, there's that, and and the, and it will wrap together, like it comes into play in the very finale of this movie. But the main through line of this movie is, like I said, they get these phone calls, and I mean they fake out the five thousand dollars. They follow a guy. This is where you get your the main guy that they're following throughout the movie because they they follow this dude that took the supposed five thousand dollars off the bench, and mm-hmm. they do a whole long trailing of him and follow him throughout this movie and they you know they didn't they put fake paper in there just to give it weight um and so yeah guy makes it good like <laughs> police commissioner just comes outside and is like getting in a car and gets shot from a distance he totally and, does <laughs> and so they kill the police commissioner mm-hmm. so then they get another call that now we're going to kill the deputy uh, commissioner or whatever assistant Dep- commissioner whatever. it's the deputy mayor oh is that what it is that they're going after the next time oh okay the the car i thought it was assistant commissioner or whatever but whatever um but like this time it's fifty thousand dollars and again they don't do it they set up somebody to this is the guy that they catch that well raquel walsh catches in the sting with the sleeping bag and all that bullshit um so like they catch this kid and he was just like yeah somebody was gonna pay me some money to go pick this up you know i was just like whatever sure and they just let the kid this kid go ultimately when he confesses that yeah but yeah they car bomb the deputy mayor and or deputy police commissioner whoever he is <laughs> it was it was interesting when they were interrogating the kid mm-hmm. to be doing the good cop bad cop thing in a way that was new at the time like kind of acknowledging that they were going to do it but not mm-hmm. in a thing now that is such a cliche sure 
But for them to be like, you know, winking and nudging each other, like, okay, let's do the thing. Well, yeah, they, they called they called the mutton Jeff routine. <laughs> yeah. and, and I, don't, I don't know why. I, I, I am familiar with the, the expression mutton Jeff. Uh-huh. I don't know a goddamn thing about those characters if they're actually characters. Is that... They're, they're, I, I don't even car- know what they are. Is that a cartoon? I think it is, yeah. Okay, I, I honestly, I've, I've heard that my whole life, and I've never investigated what the fuck it is. I believe it is. Yeah, <laughs> but apparently Mutt's the good guy, and Jeff, Jeff's the hard ass, because that's, you know, I want to do the Mutt routine this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, so... It's yeah. a comic strip. Okay. Um, but yeah, they do that, and... Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, whatever. Exactly. Like I said, they basically are just like, ah, they kind of fuck it up a little bit. Like, it was like the guy that's doing good cop, like, finally is like, where is he? Or yeah. something like that. And then they just all look at him like, You're, you, you fucked up doing? good cop. And they're like, well, he fucked up good cop, so you go, go kid. And it's like, what? I know. <laughs> like, it's like, it's like, that's approved police procedure, but if you fuck it up, <laughs> you just gotta you're free the, to go. Yeah. <laughs> I was just, I was very confused yeah. by that. I was like, is, is that how they think law works? Like, if you fuck up good cop, bad cop, you yeah, have the, to let him go? The other cops in the room look at him like, ah, oh, oh, shit, fucked you fucked it up. Yeah, well, go ahead and go, kid, because he fucked up good cop, bad cop, so. <laughs> yeah, it's he, weird. He mudded it all up. <laughs> he sure did. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, I want to talk about the scene that's during the course of them investigating the guy who initially took the lunch pail. So, mm-hmm. one of the, <clears throat> one of the cops in the uh, in the precinct is a is a black guy. They've got just mm-hmm. a just an African American detective working with him, and he goes. He's been told he has to go do a stakeout where he's uh, listening to phone calls. Yeah, yeah they follow they follow the, the guy who took the original yeah. uh, lunch pail back to his apartment and. Yeah, they, they decide to tap his phones, which is like down in the basement, you know, where the junction box yeah. is. And they tell him, like, who set it up and, and they give him a name and he's just like, ah, hell. So he goes there to take over from this guy and he's like, yeah, you're all set up. And hey, I just want to tell you something. I, I really appreciate, you, you know, I really like you, even though you're an N-word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, he was just like, you know, all these other cops would like fuck up the equipment and everything. But you're a really good cop. And I'm not just saying that. <laughs> yeah. And so he just casually gets up to this guy and puts his arm around him. He's like, listen, man, let me tell you something. I just want to let you know. And then they, they round a yeah, corner off like, screen. He's like, I want to let you know the last person that called me that. <laughs> and you just hear punch. And then the guy comes back around the corner. Just like, man. <laughs> yeah. Just this really casually great moment of just like, listen, you son of a bitch. Just punch. All right. Now back to work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, that one was good. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, they're kind of listening to this guy, and they they will continue to sort of follow him. Like they, yeah, they, they stake s- out a pool hall. Yeah, and- they, they 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 do this whole pool hall routine where he comes in and they're and he talks to some dude because they heard that on the phone conversation, and then like. They go to like a peep show, like a, a what? A, not a peep. Is that what it is? I, I guess. Yeah, there's just it's a bookstore with booths the, in the back. With yeah, just the, the short booths. little film strips running, and you put a quarter in, and you watch twelve seconds of a lady almost take a bra. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> peep show. I think indicates that there's still a live person yeah. inside behind the thing, but whatever they were, like the yeah, these, whatever, these were just little are. film projectors. Yeah, little eight millimeter, a little porn booth or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, but like, and then there's a whole weird thing where like they get too into watching that, like, because mm-hmm. the, 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 that's the thing is like throughout this entire movie, the cops are just portrayed as like fucking incompetent, like d- easily distracted by any bullshit. Yes, like they're just li- like they're supposed to be chasing down this this guy that just took the pail, and they're listening to Tom Skerritt and Raquel Welch in the fucking sleeping bag, and it's like, <laughs> oh, what are they doing? <laughs> It's like, dude, you've all fucked. <laughs> like, I mean, like, trust me. <laughs> like, like, seriously, like, why are yeah. you acting like you're fucking 12? Yeah. Like, anyway. The 70s were an innocent time. 
I mean, you shit. couldn't watch porn on your phone. You had to go <laughs> to a bookstore and put a quarter in a booth. <laughs> I guess. And watch it for 12 seconds and just go, Gah. <laughs> yeah. I, anyway, but like they, they just keep following the schlub guy who was the initial pickup man. And it turns out he's, again, probably was just paid, but they never actually declare that. They never say like, they never confront him and he basically goes like, yeah, they just gave me 10 bucks to go pick up this pail. Mm-hmm. You know, no big deal. Um, but so they follow him around and which ultimately leads to them. He, they find that he keeps going to talk to somebody in a car like before these events. And yeah. they're like, well, let's grab the person in the car. And they thought it was a lady. and It's just a long haired hippie dude. Um, he's in a band. Yeah. <laughs> and, and basically <laughs> he's just like, all right, I'll tell what you want. Tell you what I want. They're going to knock off a liquor store. And they're like, a, a liquor store. What the fuck? They're yeah. like. This isn't even connected, but they're like, all right, well, we're I guess cops. we got to stop that yeah. crime. I yeah, guess. <laughs> we're cops. So I guess we got to do that. Yeah. Um, and then this just all comes together that at this fucking liquor store. Like it's it's just one of those like super coincidental, like everything involved is going to come together through no actions of the cops, cops whatsoever. Yeah, because they're staking out the liquor store. Yeah, like hiding out in the back with guns. and. But like Yul Brenner and his crew, like, which, like, we, which we don't get introduced until like the last half hour of the movie. Yeah, like, they're they're just this this just crime syndicate of mm-hmm. characters and you know they live in this mansion and they you know his girlfriend is cleopatra jones and yep. it's just it's it's really bizarre because they're like they're like living this bond villain lifestyle yeah and then they're like shaking people down for five five thousand dollars <laughs> fifty thousand dollars and eventually when it finally gets to the mayor they're like we want a half a million dollars yeah or, or we're gonna kill your family yeah but so like yeah so they're staking out the the liquor store to stop this one thing mm-hmm. Uh, the extortionists come in, I guess, just to buy booze or something. They're just like, yeah, let's literally, go get. Literally, he's like, oh, I need a, I need a case of champagne because it's just right, show that they want to celebrate their crime. Well, they're just like sitting. Neil Burner's always sitting around like a fancy lad, like just you know <laughs> sipping champagne with Cleopatra <laughs> Jones and stuff. And she's not involved. Like she's no. just, she's just a pretty face. Yeah, like she's, she's like, literally eye candy. Yeah. Yeah, and he's like, "Well, she's stupid, and she doesn't know what we're actually up to." And because it's it's really it's like it's Yul Brenner as the deaf man is what they call him. Mm-hmm. Um, then he's got like uh, the tech guy who's like their bomb guy, and then he's just got random muscle thug, I guess. He's yeah. but he's like cool, hip, like you know, feathered hair, you know, Hispanic dude. Yeah. I guess you know, like it's just they're all just sort of characters, even though they don't really establish what their specialties are really yeah, they just they each are very distinct personalities in this weird syndicate of whatever the fuck this is but yeah uh the the like bomb guy is dressed as a cop because they had this they set up this power outage and mm-hmm. whatever so he comes in well also he was the one like he busted into whatever it was the deputy mayor or yeah. deputy commissioner and like playing obama in his car and yes. had it set to go off at the exact time which was a pretty good scene when you mm-hmm. realize that's what's about to happen like the way it was filmed but yeah. you know and they blow a car fuck up push it off a overpass and have another car just ram into it and it blows up again so mm-hmm. um but yeah so the like the robbers come into the store and the cops are in the back and then but the one guy is dressed as a cop because of part of his ruse and so they start freaking out because they think that's a cop so the the bad guys start shooting at each other and then the cops are like the fuck and <laughs> yeah the, the, i mean the 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 Two sets of bad guys basically almost completely eliminate each other. Like pretty they, much, yeah. Like other than the Yul Brenner's crew, like the other crew is just taken out by Yul Brenner's crew. Yeah. Um, and Yul Brenner gets shot, mm-hmm. and he starts, you know, running down the street, and Burt Reynolds starts giving chase. And we have seen the two kids who have been setting bums on fire, and they're like, "Let's go hang out at the docks." 
mm-hmm. and Yul Brenner goes down to the docks, and they're like, "That guy's a bum. Let's well, set him he's on shot fire." And so he's stumbling, and it's <laughs> yeah. like, "Oh, look how drunk he is!" Right. So they go to set him on fire right when Burt Reynolds get there, and he's like, "Wait, no!" And then they do set him on fire, and Yul Brenner, you know, runs around Burning Man and jumps in the water, mm-hmm. and Burt Reynolds catches the guys who caught him on fire kind of pimp slaps the one guy who actually did it and was going to hit the other kid too, but it's just like, ah, get out of here. And that's kind of it. I mean, yeah, like there's a, they like, have a, a, there's, a, there's a stinger at the end where like all the crews have shown up to find the body and they're like, well, we can't find him. And then the, his, you know, cause it's an old school hearing aid with like, you know, the wire and you know box thing. Mm-hmm. It's floating on the water and you see like a, burned hand come up and grab it it's like wait what are you why are you setting up fuzz too yeah yeah. (laughs) why the fuck are you giving a skeletor ending to goddamn fuzz yeah don't do that but yeah that's what they do and that's how they end it so yeah i (laughs) i'm gonna i I know there's been a billion things that i'm gonna forever refer to it as the skeletor ending when the the, the, the apparent dead bad guy comes back at the end for a sequel that will never happen it's the skeletor ending. sure absolutely yeah But yeah, I mean, like, it's it's ultimately like the cops are incompetent, and it, it it's just happenstance that they all end up at the same place. Basically, I mean, they're it, kind of all giggling at the end. Like, I can't believe we're going to get credit for this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so fucking weird. It, it's a weird, weird, weird movie. Mm-hmm. And I, like I said, I cannot figure out what the point of it was because, like, there's no main through line. There's no like, oh well. I mean, there, there's no fucking heroes arc. There's there's nothing learned, nothing gained. Mm-mm. It's just, as you said, it's like it's slice of life. It but drops like, you in and kind of like, oh wow, all these things came together. Well, we'll see you next time on Fuss. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so bizarre. Yeah. Um. Well, let's just go ahead and rate it. And I guess I mean it's short ass episode, but I mean there's this is such a strange strange movie. That... It is. It's um. It's not. It's not a bad thing it's just it's just so very odd uh in its storytelling it, mm-hmm. it's just it's when it's over you're just like what the hell was that well like, I, I i have a question because like okay. I, I i went sort of looking and i thought maybe you just know All off right. the top of your head sure like i i had to look up because i was like for what did burt reynolds get famous for like what what was it because <laughs> Like I mean, this is this is early. Like yeah. this is seventy two. This is the same year as Deliverance, and I thought Deliverance was one of those movies where it's like, oh, this is a real movie, and like this is important, and you should see this. But like, I can't figure out because like I still feel like he walked into Deliverance like I'm look, I'm Burt Reynolds, you know, mm-hmm. like what? Why the fuck was he famous? Because I, and the other reason I ask is I was like, shit, this is seventy two, and they the we talked about the weird poster, like they straight up stole what his pose from whatever the fuck what was Playgirl. It? Playgirl. I yeah. was gonna say it was like yeah. Like he's in that same, they straight up like Photoshop copied that. They superimposed that shit onto the poster. <laughs> um, but like, I was like, what the fuck is he famous for? Like, he had done a lot of TV. Like, yeah, I mean, a lot. Wasn't of he TV. on? He was on Gunsmoke for a while. Uh, is, is that it? No, I mean, tons of. He was well, in I mean, and out but, of TV shows. No, no, I mean, like he would pop up, but, but I mean, he was on like a bunch of episodes. He was like a regular on Gunsmoke, I think. Like, was that it? Like, is he just like TV hunky dude or? Uh. Yeah, like <laughs> yes, he was on he was on a lot of Gunsmoke. Uh, he had a couple of shows where he was just TV cop. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a show called Dan August. Uh, he was on a show called Hawk. Oh, okay. um, so like he was a presence. He was a, okay. he was a dude that you were seeing on TV a lot, and he was getting on the Tonight Show a lot. Okay, the Tonight Show 
was kind of where he became who he is. Like, he just was on The Tonight Show, was a great guest on talk shows and stuff like that, and just his buzz just built. And so he just, it was just this weird natural flow into that guy's kind of cool. Let's put him in movies. I I, I guess it's just one of those things. I I, I guess he he clooneyed his way into Hollywood because, I mean, like. Yeah, there was no, like, you look at a thing and you go, oh, that's it. He he became Burt Reynolds that day. You know, it's like, no, there's, it it just kind of swelled and built. Well, yeah, I mean, mean, if you think about it, it's just like all of a sudden Clooney was a thing one day. I mean, you know, it's like, even when he was in Batman, it was like, that fucking thing with George Clooney, you know, it's like, but yeah. all of a sudden it was like, oh no, George Clooney's respected and he's doing good things and <laughs> look at him, he's good. He's not just a pretty face. Yeah, because I mean, he was on ER forever and, you know, was doing like From yeah. Dust Till Dawn. And... Well, I know, I know, but I'm saying like, it was never like, oh, Clooney, yeah, yeah. like, you know, he, there's that, it's sort of, I mean, Brad Pitt's kind of the same way because it was like, yeah, he, he was just he was he was he was around and it was like, oh, look at that pretty guy, I fucking hate him and all of a sudden it was like, wait, no, actually he's really good, yeah. you know, and it's like, I'm, I'm guessing he took that route into Hollywood of like, He's like, oh, that fucking hunky guy that my wife can't talk, stop talking about. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, no, actually, he's a real actor. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, yes. Maybe. <laughs> well, I'm saying that in the case of Burt Reynolds, it's like, there's always a maybe. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. There's still something about, like, just kind of cheesy about Burt Reynolds and always will be. He, I, he did that to himself. I know. Like, he just, he never took the roles he should have taken to really put him like he would he would do stuff like deliverance and people would be like okay here we go burt reynolds actor yeah. man and then he would just do silly shit and you would just yeah. be like what the fuck are you doing um yeah then there's yeah gator <laughs> yeah well spoiler alert get ready for gator <laughs> i've seen gator okay uh i'm ready i've seen it okay I've seen, it's a there, that's the sequel to something else right or uh it's the sequel to uh the white lightning yeah yeah, so this, you know, early Burt Reynolds movie clearly capitalizing on the Playgirl thing, but also not because he's he's not in it. His his appearance in this is no more or no less than any other right. of the main characters. Yeah, it's not like Burt Reynolds starring vehicle. No, he's top build, but yeah. it, that's just because. Uh, so I, I think in the end, I, I look at this movie and I'm like, I, I wasn't, you know, I didn't get bored by it and there was nothing in it where I was just like, ah, this is, this is, this sucks. But so I think I can give it one jocks. It's, it's just a breezy thing that will be instantly forgotten as soon as it's over. But if you were wanting an early seventies cop slice of life thing, I again want to reiterate how well choreographed I think like the first 20, 25 minutes of this movie is because they're just just following dudes around this precinct and dodging obstacles and, you know, just multiple threads, multiple conversations. And everyone in the background is staying consistent to whatever their plot is or whatever. It kind of impressive in that regard. But, you know, as far as cop things go, it's, it's not that exciting. Uh, unless you're just really into the minutia of seventies investigating. <laughs> Because there's a lot of that. There's a lot of just watching things and listening to things and stuff like that. So it's it's fine. It's fuzz is fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuzz is fine. Right. Yeah, I guess I guess one jocks is fine. I mean, I I would say watch this because I I would say watch it only because it's such a curiosity and mm-hmm. that it is kind of a nothing movie. I mean, I can't I can't really go into bags because it's like it's not offensive in any way it's yeah. just it, it's almost offensive in the fact that like i said it, it, i i i can't i struggle to think like if i've ever seen a more pointless movie and i mean and that's saying like i've seen lots of slice of life things mm-hmm. you know like um 
I mean, Dazed and Confused is a slice of life movie, and and it's an ensemble. But I mean, it's it's more interesting along the way. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I generally, I just mostly tend to have a problem with movies that don't have any kind of arc whatsoever, um, where it's just like, hey, here's here's a time period, and then it's over, and I don't know, what did you think? You know, like, yeah, you know, um, <laughs> because. Like I said, when they ultimately don't even steer the invest the main investigation, they just luck into it. It's just like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> and for half a second, I thought that was clever. And then I was like, no, that's dumb. <laughs> yeah, that's really dumb. Yeah. I mean, you like don't... I knew you kind of figured as as aimless as it was, it was all going to come together in that way anyway. But still, them just kind of lucking into it seems silly. Although I, I re- still, I really do like them at the end, just being like, I can't believe we locked into that. We're going to get all the credit. Hooray. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just have to wonder if that's how, like, a lot of things actually come together. <laughs> just like, we were doing this other thing, and then, ah, we yeah, got these guys. strangely enough, when we follow criminals, we find other criminals sometimes. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I just... I don't know. I, I would. I mean, it's like a jocks, but like, man, just do not go out of your way to seek this out unless you're just like, man, I need some early Bert. <laughs> early Bert. Yeah, early Bert gets the worm. Gets the fuzz. It's, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I mean. You can watch it. I mean, obviously, Raquel Welch is pretty. I think we, she is we've, we've established that throughout a career. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, mean, I yeah. don't know. It's just. At this point in her career, still pretty. Yeah. Further on, still pretty. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm just like there. There's other things you could go and watch her in. I mean, is all I'm saying. Yeah, like, yeah. She, her flip flop being of character of like I'm competent. I don't know. Maybe you know. No, that was that was annoying to me. Yeah, but there's also plenty of other like things where it's like you're you have questionable character upon times. <laughs> <laughs> why are you laughing at possibly a rape victim? Yeah, uh, like why are you? You know, I don't know, stealing typewriters and bullshit. Uh, the painter guys just really annoyed me by the end of the movie. I was like, please stop. Stop. They did. Yeah. <laughs> well, they just, they, every scene, they're just in the background talking and saying the same. Like, it's that 70s, I mean, no, they're not in New York, but like, for the first part of this, I thought they were in New York. They might as well have been. Yeah. And, and the books take place in New York, so okay. it's really weird how how much this movie was like celebrating Boston. Well, yeah, eventually I was like, Oh wait, shit, they're in Boston. Like I was like, when they went outside, I was like, wait a second, that's not New York at all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean just that, that North, that seventies Northeast thing where dumb guys repeat the same thing like six times in a row. It's like, motherfucker, I got it. Yeah. Like they've got their shtick and that's all they know and they can't say anything else. Right. Yeah. Just like, dude, you don't have to say something that many times for it to sink in. But anyway, I, yeah, that's fuzz. <laughs> <laughs> it sure is. Sorry the episode's so short, but this was a weird one to even try to talk about. It, there's I, 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 there's no direct plot to talk about. I, I, well, I feel like they could have done something more interesting if they'd brought in the Yul Brynner crew earlier. Mm-hmm. Because like as soon as they showed up, I was like, wait, what is happening yeah, here? I know. I was just... <laughs> I was honestly thinking that... like, What movie were they in? <laughs> I was expecting the schlubby dude's friend to be the deaf guy. You know, and it's like when you fall... Well, I mean... I didn't because at the beginning of the movie it says in Yul Brynner as the deaf man or whatever. Right, but, yeah. but, so but you're like, just waiting for Yul Brynner. Yeah, but like, <laughs> I was kind of just expecting him to show up and, and just be like normal street level dude who happened to somehow be able to get assassinations pulled off or whatever. But mm-hmm. yeah, when they showed up and I was like, what is going on here? <laughs> like <laughs> no, This hoity-toity crime syndicate. Yeah, and he's all like uh, just super poncy about his hearing aid too. You know, like 
I mean, he gets batteries, and the guy's like, so I said we could do this, and he's just like, slaps him, he's like, yeah. I can hear you. <laughs> yes. Like, it's strange, but like, I, I mean, I've seen other Yul Brynner movies before, but like, I'm realizing how much better a, sta- a, a screen presence he had and why they did it in so many movies when he doesn't talk. Yeah. Because like, I, does, I don't know if he says a wed- word in Westworld, the original Westworld, I mean. I don't, I, yeah. He, <laughs> barely. I think he does. Yeah, I yeah. think he does. But I mean, and um, like Magnificent Seven, like, I mean, he's just like super quiet in that because like his his voice does not match his face. No. And, like, that, and so like he's just one of those people. It's like, yeah, you're you have a good screen presence when you're not talking. When you talk, it's like that doesn't fit. <laughs> and he's dubbed a lot. Yeah. Like a lot of times he ends up dubbed. So it's, I just don't know if he's like a quiet talker mm-hmm. and they just had to punch up. His... Well, like I said, I think it's just because like you look at him and it's like that voice doesn't belong <laughs> coming out of that face. It yeah. just doesn't. He, he's an interesting screen presence. Yeah. I'll say that. So yeah. but anyway, like, I mean, when they showed up, I was like, oh, well, what is going on here? And Cleopatra Jones, all Cleopatra Jones up and whatnot. Totally was. And I credited just as Tamara. Yeah. <laughs> Playing the harpsichord. Playing yeah. heart and soul on, yeah. <laughs> on the harpsichord <laughs> and saying I'm having trouble with this part. Harps like... and soul. <laughs> And the casino of gold. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, that's fuzz. Sorry. Mm-hmm. It, it's disjointed, but the <laughs> movie's disjointed. That's so. fuzz. We apologize for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, thanks for, you know, give us your dollar for that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll uh, we'll try to find something more talk worthy next time. But mm-hmm. uh, you never know until you get into these, these things. Are true. And, yeah, these are, this is a truism. Mm-hmm. So anyway, thank you for for being patrons and uh, helping us out here. And we are giving this back to you as as a result. Uh, if you want to be, if you're listening to this later on the regular ass RSS feed, mm-hmm. go to patreon.com slash BMFcast and just look at the options there. There's all sorts of fun things that you can sign up for. But all the all you need is a dollar to get this a month early. And uh, join us on on this adventure of whatever the fuck it is we're doing on the weekends <laughs> with our lives. So, uh, but anyway, thanks a lot. We appreciate you, and uh, we'll be back next week with another whatever movie. I don't know. We'll mm-hmm. just we'll just do something. So until we're, then, pick another random year out of the hat. And yeah. go like we're watching this movie. Yeah, that's that's kind of what we've been doing here so far. We've just got a pile of movies, and I'm, I'm giving you year choices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know what movie it is. <laughs> I, well, because like, like I, the reason why I picked this is I was like, I, I feel like we're mostly known for watching 80s and 90s movies, and I was like, whenever you say 70s earlier, I'm like, yeah, what that? Mm, okay, yeah. let's see what that is. Yep. Yeah, it's kind of been all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it hasn't really led us that let us down that much. But anyway, we'll we'll do that again next week. So until then, I'm Chuck and I'm Harlow, and this is Bamcast Extra out. Mm-hmm.